Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the SNL Stats Podcast. Your camera is not broken. Your microphone is, there's no earwax in it. I am not John, uh, host and creator of the SNL Stats Podcast. I am Sammy Kay. Um, I have previously been on a couple episodes of the show, but today we have a very special episode uh, this week of the podcast. Now that we um, are still on hiatus, I know fans at home are dying for a new episode of SNL. We still have to wait a little longer, uh, but until then, uh, we have a, a podcast for you guys tonight. Um, just to quickly uh, take a look at last week's episode, if you haven't gotten a chance to listen or watch it, um, John did a fantastic panel, um, SNL by the numbers, um, with great guests, um, from SNL in review experience. You can read them at entertainment weekly and vulture, Andy Hugland and, uh, the SNL stats guru, Mike Murray, they were on the show, um, did a fantastic breakdown of everything, uh, stats wise and analytics, um, for SNL for this season and, and previous seasons uh if you haven't had a chance to take and take a listen to that i highly recommend it um you can find that on youtube for video version or wherever podcasts are sold whether it's apple spotify whatever um so today we have a fantastic show this is our first ever super fan takeover um it's a very special episode kind of like a 90s sitcom where you know they're 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 introducing uh, some serious topics now um, it's a, a very special episode in, uh, in the sense that I, um, am going to be hosting with this fantastic panel, um, to kind of, uh, have you guys get to know us a little better, you know, um, you know, we all love the show enough to where we, you know, live and breathe the thing. Um, and we, uh, think this is a good opportunity, um, for the community to kind of, um, get to know us better and, and hopefully, um, you know, if we're successful tonight, no pressure. Uh, we can do more of these in the future. So um, let's introduce our fantastic panel tonight. Um, he was previously on the Chris Rock episode and Mulaney episode of this very podcast. It is super fan Bill Kenny. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. No Good problem. To meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how um, how has it been with no SNL? on every Saturday. Are you dying for it to come back like the rest of us? Absolutely. Especially with everything going on in the world, it would have been nice to uh, have a, an episode <laughs> this week, especially, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. we're definitely missing it, but catching up on all the old eighties Peacock episodes. So there you go. Yeah. That's yeah. a good plug. Um, <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, I mean the cast needs a break, you know, they had six episodes yeah. in a row. It was crazy. It was. Um, all right. Next. Um, he was previously on the Adele episode of the podcast. Um, we have Andrew Haynes, uh, back on the show. Andrew, uh, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be back. Uh, love talking SNL. So this is like the highlight of my, since the last time. Yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> uh, I feel the same way whenever uh, I get the opportunity to talk about the show. And then last but not least, uh, we have previously shared the stage together uh, on the Dave Chappelle episode of the podcast, you can also see him moderating the Live from New York subreddit on Reddit. Uh, it is Andrew Haskell. Andrew, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, anytime we get to sit around and talk, SNL is a good night. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you know, 
like I said, at, up top, this is a super fan takeover. So what does that mean? It means the inmates are running the prison. <laughs> um, we um, have put together a fun show for you guys tonight. Um, we have a couple games we'll do later on the show and a couple of fun uh, topics. I, I assigned our, our panelists a little bit of homework uh, over over the week uh, just to, to get ready and to uh, have a, a nice, fun discussion um, for the show this week. Um, the first thing that we want to talk about, um, I tasked the guys on the panel to uh, create what I call SNL Top 5. Now, what is that? Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean Top five favorite cast members or top five favorite uh, hosts. I mean, it could be, I have no idea what they're about to say. Um, but uh, I, I said, you know, make a top five of whatever you want relating to the show. Um, so uh, let's, uh, let's start with Bill. Um, no pressure, but uh, do you want to share uh, the top five that you uh, kind of put together? Um, we can kind of go uh, five, four, three, two, one, or we can do fives all around. Uh, how, how do you want to do it? Oh, uh, so is everybody else going to join in to my top five? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're going to probably break it down. Maybe maybe we'll get a little feisty, uh, say, hey, <laughs> this should have this made it on. So, um, you know, let's just uh, yeah, just start at number five and, and work your way down and we'll and we'll um, uh, we'll chime in uh, where, okay. where we where we can. But uh, let, let's hear it. Okay. Uh, well, I did the uh, top five commercial parodies. So th this was mm -hmm. a lot of fun, but uh, very difficult to pare down to <laughs> under 50. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, in my fifth slot for that, I had uh, Dissing Your Dog with uh, Dale Sturdivant, uh, the Will Ferrell commercial where he just absolutely lambastes these poor dogs. And <laughs> I, doesn't get any more Will Ferrell than that. And I think that was just perfect, uh, perfect execution by Will. Yeah, absolutely. Haynes, I just saw you uh, have a good chuckle about that one. Do you want to speak a little bit to that pick? Well, you know, I, I really got into SNL, you know, in the heyday of Will Ferrell. Uh, you know, we always talk about how people's high school cast is kind of the one that maybe makes the biggest impression on them or, is, you know, it's kind of like their first love. Uh, and that is it's just essential Will Ferrell screaming at innocent like beings, you know, uh, the get off the shed, you know, is, was, is, you know, was his beginning to all this. And, uh, and he's just always played that, uh, that role so well of this like guy who's taking things way too seriously. Definitely. And that, there's a reason why Will Ferrell has three best ofs. I think he's the only one that had three best ofs because I'm pretty sure one volume is just him screaming in every sketch. Um, <laughs> Haskell, do you have anything to add on that one, or, or should we uh, keep going? I think it just speaks to how talented Will Ferrell is. No, so nobody else will get away with screaming at dogs, and, <laughs> and people laugh at it. You know what I mean? The, the dogs are right. touchable, yet Will Ferrell makes it funny. So um, you got to give him absolute credit on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Bill, uh, let's uh, throw us another one. Uh, number four, I'm going way back uh, to Swill with Bill Murray. Uh, it was one of the first where they were parodying a, a an actual commercial. You know, this was based on you know Heinz ketchup and beer commercials in the in the late 70s, and uh, just the way he poured that out. And here comes all the Lake Erie garbage and 
bottom <laughs> caps and you know to Carly Simon's anticipation it was just perfect <laughs> yeah definitely um all right any, any of you um Haskell or Haynes have anything uh you want to add to that one well I'll, I'll ask Bill now do you do you prefer uh, if you had to pick as long as we're talking about uh you know commercials do you like the ones that are true parodies of real commercials that already exist or do you like or do you prefer the ones that are completely created just for the show just completely gag idiotic stuff that's a great question i i think the true parodies especially now watching the the 80s snls all over again for the hundredth time mm-hmm. you know seeing those having to look up a couple of them to go oh that's right that was a michelob light commercial or oh that's sure. you know so i i think when they nail it Oh, it's, it's so great. And I mean, it's better now because, you know, obviously they've gotten more high tech, but you also, they use the actual names, you know, when they did uh, the Piscopo and Robin Williams beating each other up, they used Budweiser, but with two D's, like it didn't really make sense. Who are you fooling here? So, but yeah, yeah I, I think, I think the parodies of the actual commercials are the best in my opinion. I think I agree. I would agree with that one too, just because, I think nowadays you said, you know, they're a little bit better now. Commercials just try so hard nowadays. There's so much like almost forced humor that um, it can be like shooting fish in a barrel with some of these. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Do you guys think that they're kind of a little overproduced uh, bill or or Haynes? Do you think they're, uh, they should maybe go back to basics a little bit more uh, with the commercial parodies or is it just kind of a sign of the times, you know, they're going to put, you know, all the effort to make sure that, the, the production design is exactly the same and, and stuff like that. I think it's part, partly a sign of the times. I mean, beer commercials in the eighties. I mean, that was where it was at, you know, you'd have a, a classic rock song and, and, you mm-hmm. know, people sitting in a bar or sitting, you know, so now it's more about, you know, what medicines they're selling on TV and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely followed the parallel with the, uh, with the country. Sure. I mean, they're always going to have the best graphics folks that you can have for this type of TV show. There, no one that does this has a better budget. So, like, if it's right. possible, right. those people have been hired, and it's going to make its way on. Right. Yeah, this isn't a commercial parody, but obviously, there was so many articles I read over the—not well, that many articles, but I, I saw a lot on my Twitter where how they were talking about how they um, captured uh, Kamala Harris's uh, like right. Suit. Uh, right. I think, I think it was yeah. a uh, pantsuit, um, you know, like an hour and a half after uh, their speech, like just the amount of work they have to put into it. It just shows kind of yeah. how much the show cares about uh, getting it right. It's not just about the comedy. It's about uh, having the exact costuming down to a T. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was awesome. But um, all right, Bill, what is number three? Having said all that about parodies, and then here's number three. Happy Fun Ball has nothing to do with anything, but (laughs) (laughs) just that was really the first time they went all in with, you know, 87 disclaimers. And, you know, I mean, nothing will ever be better than do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, Haskell or or Haynes got... got anything? How how about you, Haskell? Anything on on Happy Fun Ball? Would you buy that product? (laughs) I would, but I'm going to let that one ride. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's fair. Um, What what about you, Haynes? I'm buying happy fun balls all day. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you actually look at the uh, in the back of your apartment, you just have a pile of happy foam right. balls over there, just uh, <laughs> just um, ga- gather collecting dust. Um, but uh, all right, cool. Well, happy foam ball. Let's uh, we'll, we'll move on. We'll we'll toss the ball over to number two on your uh, list. Number number two would be, uh, and this is going back. You, you mentioned about uh, high school days and how how that's the biggest cast for you, but. Um, this was my first commercial parody when I started watching in 86, uh, Adobe, you know, the $179 car made out of clay (laughs) (laughs) and walking into school on Monday and singing, Hey, Hey, we're Adobe. (laughs) I mean, that, that that's, that's when it's, you know, that's when, you know, it's good when you can talk about it with your friends for, you know, the next two months. Was that uh, something? Yeah. Do you feel was that one that just got talked about so much back then? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it was really the first showcase for Phil Hartman. I, I think that was, uh, you know, we got to see his pitch man and uh, you know how how he would do that for the next ten or fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the role that Phil Hartman played on the show um, when he was on, he was just the perfect guy to be in those those commercial parodies because mm-hmm. he was like. Um, someone that you could have easily bought in like any sort of dramatic role and he can sell you on anything the, the way he committed to character. So uh, definitely um, when, when I think of Phil Hartman, commercial parodies is, you know, kind of something that uh, I'll always remember from his time he, on the show. He has like salesman and like country club guy just written all over him. He's yeah. just great yeah. for both those things. Yeah. Yes. Also uh, just playing d- dads, fatherly yeah. figures, just, Perfect. I'm glad you chose that. That is is, is number three because I think that just with Phil Hartman and everything just encapsulates everything that is SNL sensibilities. So that's a great yep. choice for your top five. Thank yeah, you. and an all time favorite cast member of mine. I mean, he nails it every time. Phil Hartman yeah. never let you down. He never let you down. Never. You know? Nope. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 get more into that kind of discussion when we uh, we play the the SNL Desert Island game. A, li- a, li- a little uh, a little um, uh, foreshadowing there, but uh, cool. Got you guys have anything else on this one, or should we move on to the number one pick on Bill's list? Let's move it. All right, what do we got? The the, the best commercial parody of all time, according to Superfan Bill. Funny enough, uh, the number one has very little of cast member uh, in it, but uh, a little bit of Anna Gasteyer, but oops, I crapped my pants. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Those two old people, God rest their soul, because God knows they're gone by now, but you know, (laughs) just I'm wearing them and I just did. And and the iced tea slow motion into the, I mean, just, oh, so great. That one, uh, your def- your list is not full of crap. I'll say that. Um, that one, that one, uh, such ho- low hanging fruit there. But yeah, no, that one uh, definitely. Um, you know, when I first started getting into SNL, I I bought. Uh, I think they had the best of commercial parodies DVD, and I just remember watching that one. And it, it was right at the age where that potty humor, you know, it's just absolutely destroyed me. Um, so I I I, I love that as a kid. Um, Andrews, plural. Do you guys have anything uh, you want to add to that one? I mean, Anna Gasteyer is just she's so good at like at those roles where you know, I guess 
pun intended now that I can see it coming that like the shit is hitting the fan, but she like is, is like, you know, like so calm about everything. Uh, yeah. That's why she's, why she's perfect for the uh, Martha Stewart character, you know? Uh, so yeah, uh, just a, a great role for her. Definitely. Yeah. It, and you talked uh, earlier about like uh, sketches that, that kind of have some life to them and you keep talking about them for, for me, like growing up, like SNL was like, uh, like the family Sunday table, like you talked about what SNL was, and and you go over yeah. old sketches, and, and that's like that's one of the sketches where you're like, everyone's got to show Nana that sketch and, and see what her reaction is. <laughs> um, that's 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 one of those ultimate like, no one's gonna see that one coming. You got to show them and get their reaction from it. So great, great choice. <laughs> so now, so now I need to ask Haskell, did you guys ever show? Uh, your Nana, that sketch? Because I don't know. I feel like if I were to show that to my um, my Bubby, she'd be very insulted if I were to show that to her. Well, yeah, we did. But I should note, uh, my grandmother, also a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. Her favorite TV show to sit down and watch at night is Family Guy, though. So she oh might be God. a different breed. <laughs> so. Wow, that, that's great. <laughs> well, great. Cool. Well, that's... Uh, that's definitely uh, one I understand uh, is number one on your list. That's uh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, cool. Well, do you guys have anything else to add to uh, uh, to Bill's list, or should we uh, move on to the next next contestant? I I, I just have two uh, sketches that I think uh, should fall into the honorable mention um, mm. category, which would be um, I think Mom Jeans to today still has yep. incredible legs. People still love Mom Jeans. Uh. And um, kind of in, uh, not as underrated in recent years, maybe in the history of SNL, but um, Vanessa Bayer did those pizza roll commercials around the Super Bowl yes, for the last straight yes. season. And they, they just kept getting more and more outrageous. And um, so I think that that whole, that those like three or four sketches um, deserve a place on the, uh, on the honorable mention list. Yeah, they were definitely in the top 20 if we had gone that far. So <laughs> I mean... You know, we're talking about parodies and we're talking about uh, Phil Hartman. We have to mention Colin Blow, but yes, <laughs> but, yes. It's, but it's but it's so well known, you know, like people are going to talk about that anyway. But uh, right. but I I mean, it's something that might be considered for a for a top list, but I'm sure you did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would uh, certainly fall on my list. I'm happy, Haskell, that you um, mentioned those pizza roll sketches because uh, like you said, they just um, one by one. I don't know how many times they did them, but they just, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, SNL with a recurring bit can kind of, you know, it, it, it nails it the first couple times and then, you know, uh, diminishing returns, you know, with all things in life. But I personally don't think that any of those pizza roll sketches uh, did not live up to the original. They all got so absurd. I mean, I remember there was one where um, they're like all watching like all like the hungry guys are watching TV and they're like, uh, they're like brainwashed a little bit and uh, they're like watching the football game. They're like, Oh, touchdown. Like just all like very monotone. <laughs> and I just thought that was the most amazing thing. I watched that recently. Um, but yeah, I love those sketches. So good, uh, good pull on that one. Well, Bill, that was an awesome list. Um, I am going to turn it over to uh, Mr. Haynes over here. And uh, I would love to hear what, uh, what you put together. Well, uh, coming off the extensive uh, political season, uh, I figure we'll just go ahead and 
uh, you know, wash ourselves of all this and talk about the top five uh, presidential impressions. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> so number five, uh, number five, a man that we cannot stop mentioning tonight. Phil Hartman as Bill Clinton. <laughs> very nice. Uh, Phil Hartman's Bill Clinton um, is at, really really good um you know obviously the the, the mcdonald's sketch has is, is got to be like just an absolute all-timer um and um you know like i said phil hartman everything he touches is gold uh, to me with snl um so um you know a lot of people have done a lot of impressions of a lot of presidents um throughout the history of the show but i think um, phil hartman's bill clinton absolutely deserves to be in the top five Definitely. Well, well, that brings up an interesting conversation to the table because obviously, you know, just after Phil Hartman left the show, Daryl Hammond joined and was on for 14 years. And, you know, he uh, still, you know, every once in a while pops in his Bill Clinton. So um, I'm assuming that his Bill Clinton hasn't isn't on your list, uh, Haynes, uh, for the rest of the political impressions. Um, but, um, you know, Bill or, or Haskell, uh, you know, if you had to pick between the Phil Hartman, Bill Clinton, or the Daryl Hammond, Bill Clinton, you know. Don't get ahead of you yourself. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so maybe, should, I, should, I, should I save it? Should I save it? I, 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 I spoke too soon. Wait, what, about the Chris, what about the Chris Elliott, uh, Bill Clinton? I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't think wow. about that. I guess I guess it is uh, wrong of me to not bring that one into the conversation. Uh, that might be number one on Haynes' list. We don't know. That might so. be. Sorry if I ruined your list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, do you guys have anything to add uh, to the Phil Hartman pick, or should we should we move on? I just want to say that Donald sketch uh, and that like that quick era, I guess, of, of SNL is maybe the most uh, midwestern SNLs ever appealed to. <laughs> had um phil hartman who had this very like johnny carson uh midwestern appeal as opposed to um maybe like the the, the new york um thing that kind of applies to a lot of comedians and a lot of people who came to snl so i think that blip in time was like the most like midwestern appeal that snl had and i think there's a lot of people around the country in middle america who who almost missed that and uh, almost to a uh, kind of their detriment as a fan of SNL. Haynes, let's uh, let's move on uh, to uh, your number four spot on the list. Okay, so number four, you know, I mean, the the guy did it for it's it's not just how long he did it, and and other people have done impressions for a really long time too, but um, it's the way this character is portrayed. Whereas with some impressions. You know, I'm giving a lot of credit to um, the accuracy, the nuance of the mannerisms and the speech patterns. Um, but sometimes there's someone who just takes the character and just makes them such a flat out idiot to laugh at uh, that I think we can't ignore you know, Alec Baldwin's Trump. I mean, it, because with a lot of these guys, you're laughing, you know, you're, you're, like I said, you're appreciating the actual, you know, the tight technical aspects of the impression. And I don't think Baldwin's impression is that technically accurate, but he doesn't even have to have a line to make it funny. Every, just like with, with, with his Trump, 
<laughs> I mean, just the, when he pauses in between words, just the look on his face, you know, the way he hangs his face, like, <laughs> just every, every, it, it seems like every second of that impression is meant to make people laugh. And, um, and, and I do think it's been pretty good. Um, you know, we've talked about Hammond um, and he obviously does a fantastic Trump and maybe, um, maybe a more accurate Trump, but I don't think um, we can let a top five, uh, list go by without talking about uh, an extremely controversial and still pretty relevant president um, and the and the impressions of him. Um, so I think uh, Alec Baldwin's Trump uh, is coming in at a hot number four. Yeah, let me just say, he, uh, in my opinion, really good at the beginning when he took over the role um, at once he found it. I think um, what will always stick with me was his, uh, I think it was one of the debate sketches where he says, my mouth looks like a tiny little butthole. Um, <laughs> That's the one that always stick with me. And then I feel like um, there was some phoning it in in the middle where the character kind of got a little stale. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with both of you. I mean, I, I think if he had lost in 2016 and that was the only time we saw Baldwin do it, it'd be a lot better remembered. But I, I think his his accuracy is pretty good. I, I don't think – I think Daryl's was better. Um, but – Agreed. It didn't have to be controversial. He was doing Pizza Hut commercials. He, you know, <laughs> so there there wasn't this hanging over of this politicalness, um, and it, and ironically, it's one of Phil's worst impressions when he did it back in the late '80s. I mean, he was doing it like a New York mobster. Um, didn't even sound like him. But well, that's uh, accurate in one way. Yeah, that's very <laughs> very true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I. I I don't hate his impression as 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 much as I've heard other people say they do. So I, I can go with that. Uh, well, that no, that's uh, interesting that you put uh, Baldwin on your list, Haynes, uh, because obviously, um, you know, it's definitely been an impression that um, has rubbed people the wrong way um, in the sense that, you know, there's all the controversy of, you know, having someone that's not a part of the cast be so involved in the show, even though it's, um, someone like Alec Baldwin, who, if you guys can see, I have his best of right uh, over there. It's one of these two, the other Steve Martin. Uh, Steve Martin, uh, Trump, that'd be interesting. Um, but um, obviously he has a history of the show. So you know, I think in that sense, you know, he should get the free pass to just be on whenever he wants. Um, but, uh, you know, it is something that will be interesting to see as we um, move forward the end of the year when the show comes back, if Baldwin will um, come back as Trump or if he's done. Um, but uh, that, that's an interesting pick for number four. I feel um, like he's so done. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, honestly, uh, a quick sidebar. What do you guys think of Taron Killam's Trump? Not to blow up your, your spot. That could be on your list, the two episodes that he did, uh, did Trump. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I, I kind of think uh, they might have pulled the plug on it a little early, you know. I think I think Taron Killam is really good with impressions. Um, he, he's he, uh, particularly the voice aspect. I think he's always done really well. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, I don't think anyone's ever mentioned that one as particularly notable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bill or Haskell, anything? Uh, I I like uh, Killam's run on the show as well. Uh, I. I wasn't a big fan of his Trump. Uh, I was still, as I was when Baldwin came on, I was still kind of hoping that Daryl would come back and do it. Hmm. Um, 
short walk down from doing the announcing to right. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, o- overall, I like Taryn a lot, but yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of his Trump. Sure. All right, Haynes, what do we got? Oh, one more thing to add. Well, before we move on to number three, I will just address the, uh, you know, the, uh, listen, you know, you say it's controversial because, you know, he's not a cast, is not exactly a cast member and he's not a cast member, although he's almost like an honorary cast member at this point, kind of. Um, I did not weigh that. I did not hold that against right. him. Um, as uh, because I'm really just talking about the laugh factor here. And right. um, in case y- there's any uh, debate where I fall on the side of the issue of non-cast members uh, appearing on the show too much, you may notice that my Twitter handle is SNL has a cast. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that is that is an argument I make pretty frequently. Right. So that so that that, that is another interesting layer. Uh, having uh, having him on your list. Well, cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on to your number three uh, favorite political impression. Not gonna do it. Number three, not gonna do it. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, number two. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, you know, when when I when I first started to fall in love with SNL um, in the in the mid '90s, um, they were you know Comedy Central was playing um, all these reruns of basically just a few years earlier, uh, you know, in like '96, '97, '98, they're playing all this stuff from you know '92 through '94, '95. Uh, so, you know, Dana Carvey was one of the first people I fell in love with, um, and um, and that George H.W. Bush uh, impression is obviously, um, I don't think I'm saying anything controversial by saying it's, it's probably a lot of people's, um, you know, favorite or top, you know, top um, in that in that top group of impressions. Um, Dana Carvey, I think, is underrated in so many ways, or, or maybe he's not. Maybe it's, you know, it's just been a couple generations of, you know, cast members that we've moved through and people don't talk about him as much anymore. But Man, when you go back and watch that stuff, he's just, I mean, his impressions are so, 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 so good. Um, And so, yes, number three, Dana Carvey, George H.W. Bush. Well, yeah, Dana Carvey is, uh, I mean, what can you say about him? He's a legend. Kind of wish, uh, you know, he was still kind of around in the pop culture sphere. I mean, when he pops up every now and then, um, you know, he always makes me laugh. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Bill or Haskell, do you guys want to add on to, uh, the number three pick on Haynes list? I I love that you said that because he was my first favorite, um, even before Phil, uh, he, he was just so good. I mean, and you look at his first episode where he did chopping broccoli and I mean, he just, he killed it from jump street. Um, but yeah, I, his Bush was, was incredible. And, And you look at, you can look at the progression of his impersonation the first couple times he did he didn't have any of that down like it's so funny to watch him in the debates from like 87 88 he he didn't have any of the mannerisms he didn't have the voice down and he just kept working on it you know he didn't come out of the gates with it perfect and uh, i really appreciate that the, the fact that he was able to do that but yeah it would be hard for me to pick between him and perot as far as dana's best <laughs> First of all, you know, great point about the progress. But since you mentioned Perot, um, you know, I was watching an old episode the other day and I totally forgot. There's at least there's at least one episode 
where Ross Perot was done by Sherry O'Terry. And it's kind yeah. of amazing. It was a pretty fun. <laughs> that's uh, that's yes. funny. I, I don't know if I ever saw that one. Did am I um am I making this up? Did Spade ever play Perot ever, or or Spade, was he like he was like a Spade stand-in? stood on the stage while yes. Dana yes. did both impressions? Which again but is the, like the long um, shot. They would have Spade yes. uh, on the stage, yeah. Which is just uh, a testament to how great Dana Carvey was to where they right. needed him to play both parts. Cause both of them were incredible, yeah. you know, um, uh, he's, the, he's the white Eddie Murphy. <laughs> there, there you <laughs> go. Um, Haskell, anything to add? Yeah. I just want to say, uh, I think there's two types of great impressionists. There's the very technically sound ones, your, your Jay Pharaohs of the world. And then I, there's the people who can just turn impressions into uh, great characters. Definitely. Uh, Haynes, you uh, want to move on to your number two? Number two. Uh, well, it has it hath been foreshadowed uh, that we would come back around to Daryl Hammond's Bill Clinton, uh, which I mean that's it's about as good as it gets. Like you know, Daryl Hammond, I still think is the the best the the best impressionist in the you know in the history of the show. Um, you know, Haskell mentioned you know the technical technical accuracy of guys like Pharaoh um, and um, and Chloe Feynman is going to be, I mean, she's going to be outstanding for a long time. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but Daryl Hammond, God, I, I mean, he may, he's the reason I, I kind of wanted to be an impressionist growing up. And it, I think it was because of Daryl Hammond um, and Rob and a little bit of Robin Williams. Cause I just love guys that can blaze through like a hundred different voices, you know, just like that. Um, but Man, Daryl Hammond's uh, Bill Clinton is. I mean, you know, I said I'm judging this on the laughs. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't know that there's many political impressions that that made me laugh uh, funnier than that. He falls into his character so naturally, and the Clinton character. This may just be something about the Clinton character because I I feel the same way about Hartman. Like Clinton's this this character that you can just kind of fall into, like this big pillow of laid back southern i'm just here for the women you know kind of like uh, <laughs> like it's it's anyway daryl hammond's clinton amazing top notch number two well great well i you know uh uh spoiled that pick a little bit earlier um so now we know where haynes stands on clinton uh uh hammond versus uh hartman uh but bill or haskell uh do you do you guys uh want to Speak your truth on that matter now. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Uh, I'd have to give it to Daryl as well. And, uh, you know, he, he happened to be there at the time. I mean, he, he really came. He did it for years, but he, he came into it with Monica Gate and all the sketches they did with, you know, mm. Saddam Hussein and Lewinsky and, you know, <laughs> Bill's standing in the White House kitchen, eating everything that he could find and having the pizza <laughs> delivery guy. Come. I mean, he just he made it his own just from expanding it and making it almost cartoonish, but not in a bad way. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that as well. As it was cartoonish in a good way. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Um, Haskell, what about you? Yeah, that character uh, just doesn't get old. That obviously Bill Clinton kind of dominated uh, news headlines for a while, like most presidents would, but maybe him more than anybody up until Trump. So, and that character get old. So, um, he's a great character, great impression. 
Yeah. Um, and it's amazing with Daryl Hammond because obviously he was on the show for 14 years and, you know, still has that relationship now that he's the announcer. I mean, you know, you can watch a Bill Clinton sketch of his from the mid nineties. You can watch one from, um, just a couple years ago when they did the, the celebrity family feud. Um, it was like the Trumps versus the Clintons and, um, <laughs> just him being like, I'm here to play. The feud is just like <laughs> incredible. And he's flirting with, I think it was Margot Robbie playing Ivanka, just like in- incredible yeah. stuff. So really good pick. <laughs> Definitely makes sense that he's on your list. Um, all right, let's hear number one. Who's it going to be? Well, it really came down to Joe Piscopo and Charles Rocket as Ronald Reagan. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> uh well, since it hasn't been mentioned so far, I wouldn't be surprised if people are already thinking about it. Um, you know, it, it, even though it wasn't uh, particularly long lived, um, I told you this is all based on the laugh factor. I mean, did was there ever anything funnier than Will Ferrell as George Bush? <laughs> I mean, it's about, I mean, it's as good as it gets, right? Like, I am I mean, just a second ago, I'm saying Daryl Hammond is, is Clinton is about as good as it gets. But if there's anything that inches over that line, I think it's Will Ferrell as George W. Bush. I mean, so many of the sketches that uh, that he portrayed him in, we think of as like modern classics now. You know, um, they, I feel like people still talk about them. Um, the presidential debate sketch with, you know, lockbox and strategery. I mean, that's an, all, that's an all-timer. It's an all-timer. And it's not just because of the great writing, and the writing is fantastic. But, you know, Farrell's delivery of this guy who's, like, cool and confident, but also kind of an idiot is just, just so good. <laughs> um, yeah, so Will Farrell, the absolute greatest presidential impression in SNL history, Will Ferrell, George W. Bush, fight me on it. Well, that is, uh, I mean, it makes sense that he uh, is number one on your list. I'm sure he's number one on a bunch of people's lists. Uh, Haskell, let's bring you in here. I mean, what do you got to say about George uh, W. Bush, Will Ferrell's impression? You won't get a, uh, you won't get an inkling of disagreement from me on number one. It is the all-time best. If if you have not gone back, if you have not seen the one man show that he did um, as the farewell to George W. Bush at the end of uh, his presidency, you have to go watch it tonight. It's hysterical. Um, I think very few people in comedy have ever felt more comfortable playing a character than Will Ferrell felt playing his George W. Bush. That's a really great point. I mean, thank you for men- for bringing that up. He literally did a one-man show um, as George W. Bush on Broadway for, it was at least a year. Um, so that that's, uh, I mean, I feel like that automatically gets you um, a spot at number one. I mean, hopefully uh, you guys are right that Baldwin's done playing Trump and that we're not going to get the one-man show <laughs> Baldwin <laughs> as Trump on Broadway once that opens back up. Um, that would be a, a sight to see. Bill, anything to add on this one? Well, I, I think it speaks volumes that when Will left the show, they couldn't replace him with W. I mean, they went through four different guys playing him until they finally got to Sudeikis doing it okay, serviceably. But, yeah, I mean, that's never happened before where you had this iconic person playing the president and they couldn't replace them. I mean, you think about 
you know, uh, people leaving, uh, like when, when uh, Phil left and Daryl stepped in and, and did Clinton, I mean, you always had kind of a transition to another guy and they couldn't, they couldn't do it because he was just so good at it. So yeah, great pick. Awesome. Well, that's a great list um, of political impressions. Um, the only, uh, as far as honorable mentions goes, I mean, you know, in recent years, um, it, it, even though the impression isn't much of an impression, but I mean, Larry David is Bernie Sanders. I mean, when that came to be, um, just as like a thing with the show and Larry's history, with the show, him being back. And that's like the only reason probably that he, um, hosted the show, um, is because, he was already coming in so much as Bernie Sanders and I, and I've loved the, I think two times that Larry has hosted the show. I mean, yeah. So, you know, that definitely gets an honorable mention for me. I, so listen, I just, I did decide to, and that's a great, uh, that's a great impression. It's hilarious. And I'm a huge Larry David fan. Um, uh, but I did keep it to people who won the presidency. Got it. Got it. Because, you know, because, because otherwise there's a ton, there's so many. Right. Right. Uh, Great. Cool. Well, awesome list. Can can I touch on one thing that, that, yes. One thing that Haynes, he joked about um, one thing. And I think it's, 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 it's a very kind of weird, maybe a weird time in our history that, um, that it came about Um, for a president who was so influential and has kind of a very specific voice and maybe speech pattern. The fact that outside of maybe a handful of some really good sketches, but only a handful of, of, of memorable sketches, SNL does not have the biggest catalog of, of Ronald Reagan sketches or, or I, I, they, they, they impersonated him. And there, and there are some good sketches there, but I'm nowhere near kind of um, where some of the other presidents are. Well, that's that's funny you say that because that was actually I made a, about three or four different things for Time Machine. And that was one of them. And I think that that was purely because of Ebersol. He decided to not make it political. And so you just had these sketches with Piscopo and you didn't even see his face most of the time. They didn't even do debates in 84 with Mondale and and Reagan. Like, so until you got to the Phil Hartman cast, you didn't really, I mean, Randy Quaid, but let's not think about that too much. (laughs) But you you didn't have a a lot of political sketches but yeah you're absolutely right and it's great i wish that that was one of those things that they had done so you would have that kind of time capsule of that time yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because you know i was thinking about this idea and i said well you know just while i work through these ideas let me go back and um you know i'll try and see maybe uh some you know some lesser you know, known sketches that I didn't remember as much. I said, all right, well, I'll just go back to um, like, I'll go to the first episode after Ronald Reagan was elected. Cause, cause I want to see the very, I, you know, I want to see like, um, yeah, I, I want to see that early impression of him. And uh, he's not even in the episode. They, 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 no. they, didn't, even, they didn't even, they didn't touch on him. And, hmm. uh, and um and I actually, so I, yeah, I had, I started flipping around, you know, through the next, um, through the next few episodes and couple seasons and just noticed that, um, yeah, there's just, you're right. They did not, uh, there's just not that much Reagan material. Um, and maybe that's why, in my opinion, they, 
they never found anyone who did a good Reagan. And, and, and even though, you know, like, um, you know, I like Phil Hartman a lot, but his, his Reagan wasn't that great. And um, I don't know that anyone's was. Yeah. Well, uh, good, uh, good points all around. I, I really uh, uh, enjoyed hearing your list, uh, Haynes. Uh, and finally, we got uh, Haskell. Uh, what do you have for us uh, as far as the top five? Yeah, mine's uh, a little less tangible in terms of specific sketches or impressions. Um, I tried to do something a little different. I, I, I picked up my top five people outside of Lorne Michaels who really understood what SNL is about and kind of the sensibilities. I've kind of said it a few times in this podcast, but like the sensibilities that are SNL. So I picked my top five that did that. Some greatest SNL cast members ever are not on this list. This is simply just um, the people that I think really understood what this show is about, why it exists, and why it has lasted as long as it has. Let's, uh, let's hear so, it. All right, number five, I'm starting with uh, Adam Sandler. Um, what he did as a weekend update guest um, with his songs, with his um, impressions. It's been said before, he deconstructed sketch comedy right there at the uh, at the weekend update desk um, as a guest just he understood that sketch comedy snl is it should feel like you're doing a lot with a little and everything he did almost felt thrown together in the best way possible great yeah i mean that's a that's a really good point with uh talking about weekend update um because obviously um you know you, you watch his best of adam sandler's and uh, just, just everything that he, uh, did at the desk, uh, I guess mainly with Kevin Nealon was, uh, was just great stuff. Um, Bill got a, any thoughts on that one? Love the Sandman. Uh, that's yeah. Everything he did, uh, with, uh, you know, all his songs. I mean, he just, and, and the fact that you can turn that on 30 years later and it's still hilarious. You can't say that a lot about, uh, a lot of the topical stuff. So, yeah, he, he found a way to stay relevant uh, even to this day. Yeah. And Haynes, uh, any thoughts on the Sandman? I mean, if you're talking about people who, you know, understood the show and made an impression, yeah, I think that's absolutely a great pick. Um, you know, one of the things that um, kind of got me into SNL was um, – we were, uh, you know, Comedy Central was showing a lot of, you know, reruns and stuff back in the day. And uh, and like I said, they were showing reruns of, uh, you know, Sandler had just gotten um, had just gotten off the show. And so we were seeing a lot of those reruns. And uh, my buddy uh, bought an Adam Sandler comedy um, CD at the, like Sam, Sam Goody or something. Holy crap. We became obsessed with that. Um, I, I, they are, they're all going to laugh at you. Um, and then, um, and what was the other one, uh, that was Cold really Willie. Yeah. Oh my God. Cold <laughs> Booth Willie, the beating of a high school janitor. Um, <laughs> you know, his mom talking about playing with your talking balls and, uh, <laughs> you know, the goat, the, you know, trying to catch yeah. balls with his mouth. Up. Oh my God. So Adam Sandler, like it, 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 he kind of, he really kind of started me on that path of like being obsessed with these people and what they were doing. Um, great pick. Number five. Great. Yeah. And uh, just one uh, note on the Sandman. 
you know, I think on this podcast, we've talked about a little bit how, um, you know, his relationship with the show, um, you know, has changed over the years and he's, you know, been more involved um, lately. Uh, first being, you know, really with SNL 40, when he uh, reprised his role as Opera Man, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had tears in my eyes. Like it was just an incredible moment. And then him doing it when he hosted was just awesome stuff. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to your number four pet Haskell. What you got? Yeah. Uh, the next one is Lonely Island slash, you know, Andy Samberg, but really the, the Lonely Island together. They really understood that very rarely do you remember full episodes of SNL. You remember sketches and what they did with the SNL digital short was huge. Um, it, it in ways revitalized the show after, um, kind of the post Will Ferrell years. Um, when there was kind of a changeover and turning SNL into kind of this YouTube machine. And we talked earlier about, you know, sketches that you have to show people. The SNL did shorts were the sketches that I showed kids in school who didn't watch SNL. When I was in, when, in middle school and high school, you know, showing my friends dick in a box and, and I'm on a boat and I just had sex. It, it, for, for a second, it made like SNL cool again to, to show your <laughs> friends like these sketches that you knew they were going to find hilarious. They didn't watch SNL, but it was easily they could find it on YouTube. Awesome, awesome pick. I definitely co-signed that one. Haynes, let me bring you in here. Uh, what you think of that? Well, it's a, you know it's a great point about um, you know, about talking about um, the Lonely Island and um, and you know clip videos and the and the rise of YouTube. Um, a, a point that I've actually made in the past um, is that. I'll admit, though, you know, my they're kind of my least favorite part of the episode. Oftentimes I get I, I, I mean, listen, they're full of great jokes. And that's really that's what matters to me most is that, like, I'm getting laughs. You know, I'm here for the jokes, but I am a sucker for live performance. I am obsessed with stand up comedy and concerts Um I, I love watching people do it in the moment. I love the, you know, you can feel this, uh, this energy that, you know, that little bit of nervousness, uh, you know, when it's happening live and in real time um, and the interaction between people, um, none of it's canned. You're not doing multiple takes and then putting the graphics on and stuff. My, the reason that I, this is the reason that I'm so obsessed with this show is because it's called Saturday Night Live, not Saturday Night Pre-Tape. So, um, so I actually have, and this, I know this is very controversial, but I actually think that um, in some ways, at least for viewers like me, um, when Andy Samberg incre- like really increased the popularity of that stuff and started getting uh, more of that Lonely Island stuff on the air, I wonder if there's there's got to be a segment of fans out there like me who would prefer less of that and would like to see more live action. I want to see the guys on stage and 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 I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all because I'm here to laugh. And like, you know, Bill's whole list was commercial parodies. Well, none of those are live, you know, Um, and so it's always been a part of the show. Uh, So I don't have a problem with it, but um, I am a sucker for live performance and I always want to see more things live than pre-taped. Well, that is uh, that is an ice hot 
take <laughs> over there from Haynes talking about my boy Andy Sandberg like that. But uh, no, I uh, that that's a, definitely a you know. I love Andy Sandberg. No, I no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. I that's a in- interesting point of view. I mean, uh, Bill, what do you think about that? I, I agree with you partly. Uh, I think they've gone a little too heavy with that in the last couple of years. And uh, you look at the darkest timeline that this show could have taken. If Ebersol had stayed in 1985, he wanted to go completely pre-tape. And it would have ruined the show. We, we'd be talking about the show that ended back in 1990. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there can be too much of a good thing. But uh, the, the digital shorts, I mean, they saved the whole genre of on the show because, I mean... TV Funhouse had completely run out of gas by that point. Um, you didn't really have anything else in the can uh, in a normal week. So when he came out and then just it coinciding with YouTube and, you know, being able to watch clips. Yeah, I, I love that pick. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though, you know, to to Haskell's point, the, the quality of the content is so high. Like, it's yeah. so funny and it's so enjoyable. And, and these are great. These are songs that, like, get stuck in your head. You know, and you're like yeah. laughing about them and singing them two days later. So, like, I do love the content. Yeah, no, like, like you're saying. I mean, the the material was great content. It was catchy. I mean, uh, probably the last like album I ever bought was Incredibad. Like the lo- like the actual CD, physical CD that I ever bought was like Lonely Islands Incredibad. Like it was great stuff. And just for me personally, um, you know, that era of the show was like like we've talked about is like when I was in high school. Um, so when, you know, me and my friends were watching together or, or texting each other, when that SNL digital short title card would come onto the screen, you knew like, Oh, Oh baby, what are we, there's like, it's like, um, it's a moment that you, and when, and when, you know, they bring that back every once in a while, whether Andy Samberg's hosting or not, I know they've done it, you know, a couple times since he's left the show. It's like a crap, here we go. Like, like buckle up moment. So, um, but uh, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, move on to your number three pick, Haskell. What, what you got? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to a writer, and that's Jim Downey, um, who is all SNL sensibilities, right? Um, I think the most important thing that he brought to SNL, if you um, from reading things about Jim Downey, is he's probably more of a conservative, which I don't think people would um, expect for SNL. I think the biggest thing that he brought to SNL really is the idea that. Um, making fun of your own side of the political party is not admitting that your side is wrong. We can laugh at both sides, you know, Um, and it's not admitting that your side is wrong to laugh at what your side does. Um, I think he he brought in this ability for SNL um, where you punch up, right? In comedy, you punch up, but, but punch, you know what I mean? You got to come fierce with it. So, um, Jim down number three. Awesome. Uh, Bill, anything to add about Jim Downey, legendary writer? Yeah, I love that pick. Uh, he, yeah, you're right. And, and a lot of people don't know that he's on that side and it'll be kind of interesting, uh, these next four years to see how the Twitterverse reacts to the jokes about Biden. Uh, hopefully they take him as, as well stride as they did with the Trump jokes. Um, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he has such a wide swath over the over the history of the show. With and I mean, he he made people who wouldn't normally follow politics know more about politics. So yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And it'll be interesting to see, like you said, like over the next four years, it's going to be a different show. Um, definitely. Uh, Haynes, anything to add about Jim Downey? Well, you know, obviously he's a legend. Um, and, you know, you, you talk about um, him being conservative and being able to make fun of that. Uh, well, I mean, the most likable people in the world all self-deprecate at least a little bit, you know, not, not, not too much to make themselves look like complete idiots, but I mean, anybody likable self-deprecates. So like, that's, that's, that's part of a key to like so many through success and like so many other um, aspects of life, absolutely in entertainment. Um, so as you know, you're making a list of people who got the show. Yeah. That guy got the show. Um, his, maybe his nephew didn't, but he did. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good point. I, uh, I need Robert Downey Jr. to come back and host again. It's it's been too long. Um, but one one thing I'll add about Jim Downey is not only uh, behind the camera uh, was he great with the writing, but got to give a shout out to the Jonah Jonah Hill's dating. Um, I think it's Andy's dad. I think that's a digital short. That yes. that is yep. that is an incredible um, <laughs> piece of content right there. That's uh, um, one of my favorites. Uh, but uh, all right, let's hear number two. Number two is uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, wow. No, uh, there we go. Back to back. Um, no, but... You um, had me for half a second. <laughs> um, we've come to this guy so many times uh, tonight. And we'll probably will keep coming back to him, but it's Phil Hartman is number two for me. Um, there's just so... There's something about SNL, which is like... This is so ridiculous what we're doing. We wrote this variety show in a week. We're going to perform it live. Nobody is saying we have to perform it live. And I'm going to perform it so earnestly. I'm, I'm going to be what seems like the most genuine person on the planet right now and deliver that way that Phil Hartman just understood. And, and we talked about him enough um, in, in what he was able to do um, in the character that he was able to play. But just that ability that he had. Awesome. Haynes, you want to jump in here? Uh, I mean, you know, you've, you've mentioned what, what, what else more is there to say about the great Phil Har Hartman on this episode? I didn't know, but I love that this has just turned into like a Phil Hartman celebration. <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, he can do no wrong. Uh, oh man. What a great pick. I'm like about to get sentimental. I couldn't agree more and I don't want to start rambling like an idiot. <laughs> Phil, yeah, uh, anything, anything to add on uh, Phil, Phil Hartman? No, I mean, it's, yeah, everything has been said and, and more will be said, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. I love the fact that the three of you are, are a little bit younger than me and really appreciate the fact that what this guy did. I got to watch this guy live every week when I was in high school. And I mean, it was just phenomenal. It was just phenomenal to watch this guy work and uh you know, that was one of the saddest days of my life when he died, like just even more than Farley. I mean, Farley, mm -hmm. you knew was coming, but um, yeah. So I great that's, pick at number two. That's a, that, that's a really great point. Just the fact that, you know, over the years, he has just resonated um, no matter, you know, how, how many years goes by since he left the show. He's always, you know, he was the glue, you know, of yeah. that cast. Um, well, Awesome. Well, Phil Harmon's number two. I mean, who's number one? You know, like let's 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 hear it. Before I get to number one, anybody who's watching the video, I do apologize. My animal's trying to steal camera time. I'm gonna have to get Wolf. No, that's, no, that's that's <laughs> great. That's, 
It's good. Uh, it's a good visual for those people watching us on YouTube. <laughs> I've never so, heard a more um, sarcastic. I've never heard a more sarcastic apology than to the internet for having cats. <laughs> the internet loved cats. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Um, for number one, for me, this is this is uh, going to be completely biased to the years that I grew up watching it. But I think this is the greatest writer in SNL history. Probably won't top any list for greatest performer. But I think the guy who understands what SNL is all about more than anybody else is Seth Meyers. I think he just understands the SNL formula. He gets how to ramp up SNL jokes. He gets how to ramp up jokes that that are, are live. He, he knows how to ramp up jokes that are on update. Um, he he once, uh, if you've ever watched those documentaries they did about um, the SNL uh, different decades, he has a quote in there when he says, SNL is just so back of the classroom funny. And I think that's what he brought to it. SNL is, it's supposed to be what you would come up with with your friends while you're fooling around in the back of the classroom. And I think he brought that every single week that he was a writer and a head writer in a weekend update anchor and now. Bill, do you want to comment on uh, the great Seth Myers? Gotta love Seth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny to, to watch his progression over the show as well. I mean, his first three years are, are so unmemorable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's always the, the guy standing there not even having a line and, you know, being able to get on, on Weekend Update. And, I mean, of course, his writing is, is, is so great, and he did it for such a long time. So, yeah. I'm so glad we found a job for him other than John Kerry. Uh, <laughs> good point uh i mean uh, you know great pick i mean the i mean absolutely great pick uh he is probably maybe the best writer in snl history and i just want to ask you since this is your list um and it's about people who get the show i mean do you think he would be the perfect person or would he take over for Lorne afterwards? I mean, I don't, I mean, so I've uh, said before, I think, I think Higgins is like, a. I mean, Higgins is like a producer's producer, you know, like I can see him like taking over and being the perfect follow-up to Lorne. But I, you know, if people, I mean, could you see them asking Seth to come back and do you think he would? And your um, thoughts? The way I look at it, I, I, I look at it as, um, and, and I know you're, you're involved in the SNL Reddit too, the four answers that people always come up with with who should replace Lorne is Tina Fey, Keenan Thompson, Seth Meyers, and now kind of John Mulaney's popped up a little bit. I don't think any of those four are going to replace um, Lorne Michaels. I think Higgins will replace him. Now, could Seth Meyers replace Higgins someday? That's where I think it will happen. I think the ages don't line up right now. I don't think Seth Meyers wants to give being a performer. I mean, Lauren always said he's going to do SNL until he dies. And obviously Lauren is getting up there in age. And now he's kind of changed his tone a little bit. He, he did an interview recently saying, I think I'm going to wander off after SNL, uh, after season 50, which is coming up very quickly. Um, and I just don't think Seth Meyers is going to want to walk away from late night. At that point, we're talking four years in the future. I don't think he's going to walk away from being a performer. And I think to do SNL and to continue doing SNL the way it is, um, he would have to give that up. So I think he's taking over for Lauren. Could he run SNL someday? Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. I think, um, I think Seth has, you know, said himself, 
you know, there's nothing he does better than telling jokes behind a desk. So I don't see why he should stop doing that anytime soon. You know, even if Lauren leaves in five years. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. No, Seth, uh, you know, that's just a great pick for number one. Um, that, that is interesting that John Mulaney is someone that's uh, come up recently because he's another that's person cool, who, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's someone who, as much as he is a writer, I mean, uh, as a performer, he, you know, I've said this on my Twitter, he should be hosting the Tonight Show. That's what he should really be doing. Um, you know, not to, you know, um, put into question Jimmy Fallon's job security or anything like that. But my dream lineup of um, late night would be Melania on the Tonight Show, Seth Meyers on late night. That, that I mean, that's must see TV right there. And uh, Melania right. is actually joining the uh, writer's room for uh, Seth Meyers. Uh, I just yeah. read. So, um, well, that's great. Well, well, these, uh, these top fives were awesome. Uh, Hassel, do you have something to add there or, um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, th those were, those were, uh, really, really great. I mean, um, just to hear everyone's unique perspective on everything, uh, was really fun. Um, I, I guess really quickly, I can read you guys, uh, the, the, the top five I came up with, um, have any comments? Oh no, we're picking your list apart now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. So, uh, something that I, um, love about SNL is almost like the SNL universe within SNL, the meta um, kind of stuff that, you know, can go on, um, you know, during a monologue when they go down the hall and you see all the pictures on the wall and it, it's like a universe within the show. So um, I picked my top five favorite SNL meta moments. Um, and again, this is something where it's kind of hard to classify what's a meta moment. You know, is it when Nicolas Cage shows up um, with Andy Samberg on Weekend Update, you know, getting the cage? I mean, yeah, that's meta, but I was trying to keep it more focused on SNL kind of stuff. So my number five pick, uh, and this is lower on the list for me just because I, um, this era of the show doesn't you know, hold as much of a place in my heart as, um, you know, maybe, maybe the older generation, but um, the season 11 cast fire uh, in the studio when um, I, I forget who it was, pours gasoline on the studio and Lauren Michaels goes in and saves John Lovitz, um, you know, from the fire and, and pretty much the entire cast, um, except for, I think, Dennis Miller, maybe Nora Dunn um, didn't, didn't move on. But I mean, that's just great. I mean, uh I don't know exactly, and you guys might know at the time if they like a hundred percent knew that like a bunch of them were gonna get fired from the show. But I mean, that was just that was just an awesome uh, moment. Um, do, do you guys want to jump in on that one? It, it was Billy Martin, uh, the Yankee yeah, Bill, manager. Billy Martin, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think they all kind of had a feeling. Um, yeah. Since I started watching the season after that i kind of got a feeling from that but um it was the only time in snl history where it wasn't renewed for a full season in 86 87 so right. i think they had a feeling that they knew everybody was uh on the hot seat except for lovitz mm -hmm. great pick uh, yeah thank you haynes got, got anything to comment on that one uh well first of all i love the idea of the list um uh, yeah so you know great sketch i i, I too uh love when they kind of um, you know, break the fourth wall and let the audience in um, 
to you know what's going on. Um, I always think that's fun. It wouldn't be fun if they overdid it, uh, but it, they do it perfectly, uh, you know, by doing it sparsely from time to time. Um, so yeah, and, and great concept for the list as well. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and then Haskell, uh, anything to add on this one? I think uh, very famously pissed a lot of that cast off. Not that it matters because <laughs> they weren't coming back, but I remember it. Um, it sort of uh, did not sit well with most of that cast that that was the ending. Um, I think also a good moment there was, um, I might be misremembering, but didn't they put question marks after everybody's name in the credits as if yes. to like yes. signify? Yes. So, uh, uh, you know, a couple different levels of meta there. Yeah. Too close to home, too close to home for some of those folks. Yeah, I, I think it might have been because uh, interest, interestingly, uh, I was trying to, when I was making this list, watch it. Um, watch the sketch again. Couldn't find it on YouTube. It wasn't in the Peacock episode. I think it was Ange uh, Angelica uh, Houston uh, hosted that episode. They they completely cut that out. So maybe um, they're thinking it was a, li a little bit in poor taste, um, that bit. Um, but number four on my list, um, I needed some representation of the Kyle Mooney SNL pre-tape um, universe that he's been doing over the past couple of years. Um, and I'm pretty sure this one was cut for time, which is a travesty, um, but it, I'm, it counts on my list, my list, my rules. Um, the name of the sketch is new cast member, but also known as Adam Zeekman. Yeah. That is Great. incredible. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, for people who don't know, the concept is like, you know, Kyle Mooney is playing this cast member who's a new featured player who is like, has not gotten any screen time throughout the season. And they even like, I think it's um they, they like show like a sketch that was earlier in the season of like a classroom and they like green screen haphazardly the Adam Zeekman character like into the sketch just like incredible and then of course like I'm pretty sure they go to like the this like SNL carnival where there's like um one of those games where you you hit um with a mallet to try to you know get um on the show and like all like the little details they added like the production design of the entire thing uh i like that makes me want like that to be like what snl actually is like that sort of competitive nature um parodying that so yeah i mean that sketch i return to you know every once in a while and it, it kills me every time haskell i i saw you nodding to that one do, do you have anything to add uh probably one of my more favorite, most favorite episodes of the uh, recent seasons. I think Kyle Mooney does that cringe humor so well. You, you know, yeah. six of me is in that sketch. He goes, he, he, they're backstage and he walks by Mikey Day and he goes, <laughs> Mikey Day, Michael. And it's just like, you know, a guy does that. So I that this, this little universe of Kyle Mooney, so you have the Cell uh, Winter Carnival. They've had a masquerade ball as they've done some of the in the Leslie one of the Leslie Jones sketches did. Mm -hmm. um, he feuded with Pete Davidson where they did kind of like this uh, old timey almost like Roman showdown thing. So I love the little yes. universe they built where there's all these things happening at, at uh, Thirty Rock and in Studio Eight H. Yes, Haynes. Uh, anything to, to add about the the Kyle Mooney cinematic universe of SNL? I, I I I love I love I love this so much and um, you know not you know Haskell said the cringe humor yeah he's he's always playing this kind of like defeated and frustrated character uh, when, you know that version of himself but also like it you know it makes its way into 
um, his sketches too. Like a lot of the times, like even when he's you know playing characters that aren't himself, which is you know probably most of the time, he so often is playing this character that is like trying you know to achieve something or, or be this like bigger guy than he is, but like has like some sort of inner insecurity, and uh, and that seems to be like a constant theme. And I wonder if uh, maybe SNL's like just a giant therapy session, and we're all like his counselors. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, love it, yeah, love it. Yeah. Uh, Bill, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Kyle has found a niche that most uh, cast members don't. I mean, he (laughs) it's kind of crazy, all the stuff that he's done. And I mean, his his uh, backstage stuff with Leslie was always hilarious. And, you know, that being an ongoing theme for so long. So, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I easily could have made the entire list. Um, Just the Kyle Mooney pre tapes. But I. (laughs) If any of them got a spot, it was definitely this one. Don't understand why Lauren cut it from the show, but you know, I don't. That's why I don't. I don't make the big bucks. Um, number 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 three on my list: um, new cast member or Arcade Fire. Um, that is. Uh, it was a game show sketch, and it was the it was the year where they brought in six oh. featured players, um, yes. and only and the only ones that made it past the season were Beck and Kyle. Who are still on the show to this day, but um, it, it was just it was just awesome, just um, just the concept. I think Tina Fey um, mm-hmm. is like the contestant, and Keenan is the host. And anytime you have Keenan as like a game show host um, on in in the sketch is great, um, and you know the concept alone is great. But the the end button on the sketch where they bring out Lauren as like yeah. the, the, the the phone a friend type thing, and <laughs> I think it's even like Steve Higgins as the announcer. It's like now remember as the as the producer and creator of Saturday Night Live, Lauren hired one of these people uh, not too long ago, um, and then he says, "Is it the black one?" Like referring to Keenan, and and it's just like the best bun. He's like he's like, and Keenan's just like this man's known me half my life. Like it's just like incredible concept and just the button alone on that one like kills me every time um haynes any thoughts on on new cap member arcade fire that's an amazing sketch i love that sketch absolutely love it um and uh yeah 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 especially when they bring in lauren yeah the keenan line is amazing that's so hilarious um and uh and i think it might be mike o'brien who is like the cat who's the cast member who's the last one and that yeah and uh and of course lauren picks the guy from arcade fire and <laughs> o'brien's like you just interviewed me or something you just yeah me. yeah like, uh, yeah at, man that's i consider that kind of like um a recent modern classic like that's one yeah. that um like that's one that they're like i don't know if you guys um, not to overly like plug Peacock. I think we've only mentioned it once, but, <laughs> but you know, they do have the channels on there and their yeah. SNL channel is great, but I feel like that's a sketch that is going to be like on there like once a day, you know, definitely like, great, great sketch. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bill, what are your thoughts on the new cast member or arcade fire? I can, I can piggyback off of that. I mean, it is one of the uh, recent classics for sure. And I mean, it was, so jarring to see what what was it? it was five white guys and noel wells right i mean right so yeah it was yeah. just like really this is what we're doing in 2011 or 2012 yeah. or whatever it was and i think, I think it was even 2013 13 was it really? okay yeah yeah okay. yeah so yeah. you know so, i mean it not, was even not more that long ago <laughs> yeah that was that that was the criticism that led them to hire such years yes. right yes. exactly right. 
Um, so the fact that they could poke fun at themselves so quickly that was that was great. Right, Haskell. What do you what do you think of uh, the sketch? I think you could actually um, encapsulate that whole episode as a pretty meta episode because the the monologue to that episode is Team Faye bringing all of those new hires out, making them dance as some sort of rite of passage to being a featured player mm-hmm. on SNL, and right. um, you know, so it's that whole. And it's I I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch. They vary between those two sketches and Tina Fey mentioning it on the air. During that monologue, she says, it's a rebuilding year. It, it was very weird right. to see SNL kind of mention very blatantly, uh, this is a rebuilding. We brought in all of these new future players. You have no idea who they are. They're kind of faceless. But can you stick with us for a little bit? Because we still have Bobby Moynihan. So uh, you, you're <laughs> right. going to have some fun. That is That is such a great point because – I think previously the 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 previous season um, was when Sudeikis, Hayther, and Fred Armisen left, and then the season before, Andy Samberg and Kristen Wiig left, and then um, I think um, mid season Seth left to do late night. So it was very much like a rebuilding year, and like it was almost like the the Avengers Thanos snap. Only two of the the six of them <laughs> made it onto the show. Um, so that almost adds even more of like a meta comedy to it is like that only two of them, you know, uh, had a history on the show, but they're all like great, funny people. I mean, Noah Wells, um, is, is awesome. You know, Brooks Whelan, Mike O'Brien and John Milheiser, they're all, they're all great. Um, number, number two on my list. Um, I, I had to get a little sentimental. Um, this is kind of like a general, just the farewell sketch. And I want to highlight two of them. Like when a cast member leaves, um, the two that like I'm just kind of cheating here, but the two that really stick to mind to me um, is when Phil Hartman leaves the show again, bringing up Phil Hartman. But they do that that big sketch with the entire cast. I just rewatched where um, you know they have uh, Sandler and David Spade like kind of start off like the so long farewell as like the Gap Girls, and then like Sarah Silverman. Uh, and Norm and, and Jay Moore are like, oh, we haven't been on the show very much this season. Hopefully we're back. Um, and then they, they kind of go one by one. And then it's Matt Foley um, saying so long farewell with Phil Hartman. And, you know, it, it it's just an emotional moment, not only um, because uh, was it was it, it might have been Chris Farley's last episode, too. I don't think willing he might have been fired, but no. Phil Hartman was definitely leaving. Is that not his last episode? Oh, he had one more year. One more year? Okay, well, Phil Hartman, yeah, Phil Hartman was leaving and then Farley shortly after, but then obviously um, we tragically lost both of them. So that is one farewell episode. And then for me, going back to the SNL high school is is your era, um, Kristen Wiig's goodbye, some people say, is a little overblown. Um, But to me, like, that was, like, I think my first big, like, as a fan of the show, like, someone who was on when I started and, and, you know, watching them for years and years leaving just, it really was a testament to how big of a presence she was when she was on the show that she, you know, got her, her own kind of moment with everyone in the cast. And then of course, when Lauren comes out and, you know, dances with her, it's just, it's just a beautiful moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a ton of farewell sketches to, to highlight, um, but those are the ones that stand out to me. Bill, do you have any that come to mind to you or these, these in particular? Uh, th- those two are probably the best. I agree with that. Um, you know, the thing is, a lot of these guys don't know or girls know they're leaving or they're still on the fence. So they don't get that full farewell. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you think about how many people didn't get to say goodbye. Um, but yeah, the, the Kristen Wig one stands out for me for sure. I mean, that was just so beautifully done. And, you know, uh, she she was a presence of all of her own. I mean, and, and she gets a lot of flack these days. And I'm not really sure why, because, you know, all the recurring characters she had. But uh, yeah, that was that was a beautiful moment. Great. Um I agree. I agree with that one. Uh, Haskell, do you have uh, anything to talk about uh, with SNL farewell sketches? The, the Kristen Wegg, my all-time number one favorite SNL moment. I'm like you. Those were my – the year that, um, that they left uh, was my junior year of high school. Um, so that when that sketch happened. So some people say it's overdone, it's over-emotional. But, I mean, SNL super fans here. SNL means a lot to me. Um, it's almost like a little family member to me. So to see them get emotional about it means a lot to me. There's a there's a nice little kind of almost hidden moment in that sketch. It's come out years later that Jason Dacus was not happy at that time at SNL. He thinks just his relationship with the show had broken down, and and Lauren was trying to um, convince him to stay on as Mitt Romney for one more scene, which he ended up doing. But time that reported that Sandberg, Wig, and Sadakis had left the show. And in that little dance, they all do a silly little dance with uh, Kristen Wiig, except for her and Sudeikis, who just breaks. They do a short little dance. She's clearly whispering something in her ear, in his ear, I mean. And um, they, I think she has a lot of chemistry with Bill Hader, but I think at the beginning of her tenure, it was really Sudeikis who um, she had chemistry with. Mm-hmm. In that moment of, I would, I would pay anything to know just what said to him in that moment. Such a sweet moment uh, in my mind. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's such a good point. Yeah, I do remember at the time when that episode was airing, it was, you know, Sandberg and Kristen Wiig and Sudeikis were all, you know, talked about leaving. And then obviously he, he stayed on. So, yeah, that, that is a moment that stands out to me. Uh, Haynes, uh, what, what about you? Well, I'll never forget that. I mean, that Kristen, I'll never forget the moment with Kristen Wiig. And, uh, and it wasn't overblown, uh, not for her tenure and her contributions, uh, you know, her work was so incredible. And um, that's definitely the most, um, you know, emotionally caught up I've probably ever felt um, during an SNL bit, you know, even more than, um, you know, when, you know, Sandler like recently did the Farley thing. Um, Maybe it was just because it was so long removed, but, um, but the Kristen Wiig thing, um, you know, kind of harkens back to why I love this show so much. And, um, and I'm not here for the, for the sentimental moments. I'm in it for the comedy, you know, but I'm in it for um, the realness of life and those live experiences. And that moment was so real. And, um, and, you know, she, it was just such an, um, indelible cast member and uh, you know and she earned every moment of each of those little dances and um yeah just uh, just a really yeah just a really special thing you like getting me like soft here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah definitely definitely uh special and i want to make it clear that the the audience that uh i don't think it's overblown i just have seen on you know uh when they talk about kate mckinnon you know probably leaving this season you know, people having, uh, I, I guess in hindsight, like just, uh, I don't know, disdain for it is just 
I don't know. There, there, there are definitely naysayers out there, but I and people on the panel, uh, we're not, we're not one of them. Um, and so finally my last pick, um, for my SNL top five meta moments, how can you not put the five timers club, um, kind of universe of sketches? Um, I mean, so many great ones, a few not so great ones. Um, but I always love it when they do it. Um, you know, I mean that moment when Tom Hanks, you know, whips out the card and he goes backstage and Steve Martin and Paul Simon are there. I mean, that's just like iconic SNL. And that is, um, you know, something that I, um, you know, something like one of like the first things that I, um, that how I got like interested in the show is I remember, um, when I was in middle school, they aired like the SNL in the nineties, like documentary special. And I wish they still did those. Uh, They haven't done them since the nineties one, but, um, they, they did like a, like a highlighting part of like the five timers club. And that kind of just like opened up the SNL meta universe to me is just like the fact that, that, you know, at the time it was just like, uh, you know, one sketch, but it turned into sort of thing to where now it's a big deal, you know, whoever hosts five times and, you know, the, the feud between Steve Martin and Alex Baldwin, you know, who, who can overtake whose record. I mean, I do want to give a special shout out to the platinum lounge, platinum lounge sketch, um, where, um, they, uh, have Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. I, I think it's like, you have to have hosted 12 times was the, the number. Um, but, um, they, um, are like trying to poison each other and, and everything <laughs> like that. It, it's just, it, it, it is so, it, it's just really funny. So I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about, uh, those sketches. Well, I'm a big baseball fan. And, and to me, it's always like a old timers game when, uh, they bring, you know, Candace Bergen back and you're like, Oh my God, love when that. was the last time she hosted? Like that, that's so great to see, or Paul Simon or, or Martin short being, uh, the waiter, like, it, it was just so fantastic. And I'll add, um, it's so the five timers club is so arbitrary. Yet you love it. That's the beauty of now is it's so arbitrary that it's like, there's this sketch show that airs on Saturday. And yet everybody, even those who don't watch it, want to see what they have to say about um, what happened in the news and you fall in love with it. And it's become this almost sports team that you follow for years. It's so arbitrary yet you love it. And it's the same thing with the five timers club. Like, so they picked five times was a was was like a, a measure that should be rewarded, and uh, it's become this thing where uh, even the fans fans maybe more so than the than than the show at this point when they when they notice someone's coming you know hitting that five timers club mark they're sitting there going are we gonna get a five timer sketch and sometimes the show doesn't always acknowledge it but the fans always know even though it's such an arbitrary mark. That, yeah, that's a that's a really great point. Um, it's almost like the SNL universe of like the EGOT, you know, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. It's like when you know that they have three of those awards and that they're just one away, you're like, okay, when's it going to be? Is, is Scarlett Johansson going to be on the show for her fifth time now that she's, you know, dating and then later marrying Colin Jones? You know, it's the things that the fans think about and like care about. Um, Haynes, what do, you, what do you think about the, the, the Five Timers Club and, and its history with the show? Well, I love the Five Timers Club sketches um, because, you know, it's well, it gives you an excuse to bring back, you know, 
a handful of people that pretty much everyone loves. There's a reason that we're, you know, they've hosted so many times. Uh, they're, you know, well liked by the general public and usually by the, uh, you know, SNL audience as well. So, um, yeah, I love those sketches. I mean, any excuse to bring back a guy like Steve Martin, you know, yeah, of course, that's amazing. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, Bergen. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, I think she was, I think, I think she's, uh, back there in the Five Timers Club in the episode, maybe where I guess is Jonah Hill getting inducted, and he's like, well, yep. "Thank you guys so much for like letting me be a you know a, a part of your show or something or something like they're acting like they own the place and like Keenan's like serving drinks in the background or something. He's like, "It's my show," <laughs> <laughs> that, and that that in itself is a great um, meta moment within the meta. Um, Keenan has so many of those over the years. Um, one one that comes to mind is they do the celebrity family feud. And I think Chris Redd is playing Jordan Peele. And he said something, he says something along the lines of like, Oh, well, you know, you can't do sketch comedy forever. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like he, Keenan breaks Steve Harvey for like a second. It's like, up, oh, up, oh, what now? You can't like, it's just like any, like Keenan is almost like the, should be the number one spot. Like he has so many moments. Um, but uh, he's well represented in the the new cast member versus Arcade Fire uh, part of my list. But um, yeah, that's my list um, of my top five favorite SNL meta moments. Um, honestly, like the, these lists like blew uh, my expectations out of the water. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, really really came up with some good stuff, and hopefully and we only we're spent able... ninety minutes on one. Right, segment. right. This, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have this long laundry list of topics we we're gonna we we're gonna cover, and uh, you know, the, the good news is is that we uh, uh, didn't we, we we can save it for a future episode. But um, uh, to the to the audience and listeners out there, please, if you have your own top five list, put in the comments, uh, tweet at SNL stats, like share your top five, whether it's a version of the topics that we talked about uh, this week or your own personal top five list. Um, I just think it's cool um, that we, uh, I gave everyone the opportunity to like come up with their own list and everyone came up with something completely different. We didn't get into a scenario where two people had, um, you know, political presidential impressions and, 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 you know, had similar lists that just speaks to what SNL is and being a fan of SNL is, is that everyone, uh, you know, clings on to something that, uh, it, you know, they, they, they love and they want to rank and, and, and discuss. So this was awesome. Like I said, we had a bunch of different topics to talk about, but we are running uh, short uh, on time. Uh, apologies to Matt Damon. We're running out of time. Um, but <laughs> I do want to go Buckingham. <laughs> I do want to say, I do. I that, that, that should have been the, uh, the reference, not Jimmy Kimmel. He, he has no, he has no history with the show. So we're going to save some of the other segments that we had prepared for you guys, uh, hopefully for a future episode. But I did want to get into a little game towards the end here um, in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, I came up with this game. It's, it's not rocket science. It's a very simple concept. It's called SNL Desert Island. So I am going to give two choices to the panel here. You have to basically, it's almost like a Sophie's Choice. You, you have to pick one or the other to come with you on the SNL desert Island. You, you, you get a best of, of all their sketches, but you can't watch any of the other sketches uh, of the other person. So it's really like, we, we're going to see like, you know, uh, who, uh, who uh, lies where. So let me pull some of these up. Um, 
So I feel like for this one, we're going to know what most of everyone's answers are at the table based on their conversation. But um, the first Desert Island uh, uh, matchup, Phil Hartman versus Bill Hader. Uh, Andrew Haskell, I see your face. I need you. Who are you bringing to the island? You can only pick one and the other one. You'll never see his sketches ever again. Who's it going to be? That's fucked up. We, <laughs> we, we, spent, we spent plenty of time um, on Phil Hartman today. Um, Bill Hader, to me, is the quintessential. Um, he's, he's my favorite now, cast member. He's the person that made me want to get into comedy. Um, I, I got to go Bill Hader. I'm sorry. It's Bill Hader for me, me personally. All right. Well, Andrew Haynes, what do you what do you have to say between Phil Hartman and Bill Hader? Who you got? So, you know, this did turn into a Phil Hartman love fest. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot to love about SNL, you know, and um, I do think of Bill Hader uh, like as my probably my favorite of the last like 20 years um, or something, you know, kind of this, uh, this side of the century mark. Um, I think, I mean, I, I think about Bill Hader so much in my life. I, I, I mean, I, I think I, you know, um, I think about him a little bit more than Phil Hartman and I make more references. And um, so, wow, this is, I mean, just, you know, if we're writing the plot of this whole thing, like we, we've all been so devoted to Phil Hartman this whole time, you know, and now this tragic ending where I have to pick Bill Hader. Uh, so I think I, I, I pick, I pick Bill, but it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like, I'm reaching for both my children and I can only grab one, you know, there's not, it's like Titanic. There's only enough room on the, piece of uh wood off the ship uh for for one of these cast members uh i know i had to start you guys off with a doozy it's almost like m night Shyamalan directed this podcast because this has been a twist um bill bill kenny what what do you got phil or bill uh that's a very very difficult one but i've got to come with the cast member that brung me so i'm i'm sticking with phil (laughs) can i still watch barry (laughs) You know, but unfortunately, your HBO subscription is not, is not coming with you on the island. But you can watch as as much Simpsons as you want. Okay. Um, unless Bill Hader has been on an episode that I, I am not thinking of, I'm sure he has at some point. Um, well, awesome. Well, that I know I start I started you guys off with a doozy there. Um, here here's another one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, with your pick, uh, pal. Oh, my pick. I'm asking the questions here. I mean, this one's very easy. (laughs) Uh, Bill Hader, I mean, again, like growing up with him um, as like like the glue of like my cast um, is, you know, he and that's why I picked this as like a matchup. I mean, it's Bill Hader. You know, I I don't even need to go into it. It's just Stefan. Uh, Vinny, Vinny DeVetri, uh, just, uh, you know, Vincent Price. I mean, you name it. I mean, just incredible stuff. Um, all right. The next matchup I have for you folks, um, is Kate McKinnon versus Amy Poehler. 
not what you were expecting. You were expecting Kristen Wiig, but I, I said Amy Poehler. So uh, let's uh, let's start with Haynes putting you on the spot. Amy Poehler. Yeah. Um, I love Kate McKinnon. She is, you know, a freaking machine. Um, she, I mean, she pumps out jokes and she puts so much into her characters and um, she's such a natural performer. Uh, but I mean, Amy Poehler, that, I, I mean, I really, really, really was head over heels in love with SNL. Like when, when Amy Poehler was crushing it and um, you know, just at the time that I was getting into SNL, I was already into sketch comedy. You know, it had started with me just like reading with, you know, Mad Magazine, obviously it's not a sketch, but it got me into Mad TV, which got me into all of a sudden Comedy Central when they're playing those SNL reruns in the afternoon when I first got home from school. Before that, they played uh, Kids in the Hall and they played Upright Citizens Brigade. So we got to see Amy Poehler when she was very young back during that. So um, I was a fan of hers for a long time. Um, you know, I still like constantly have this debate in my mind all the time, like who I would rather like hang out with, uh, between Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And, um, and I find myself coming to the conclusion that I think because I'm such a huge 30 rock fan, I think I like Amy. I mean, I, I think I like Tina's, uh, joke writing prowess just a hair more not her prowess but her style is just a little bit more my style but as far as like but amy puller blows tina fey out of the water no offense as an actress and um and as a person to hang out with i think her spirit she just seems like so fun and it's like exploding with like chaotic and charming energy um i mean i love kate mckinnon but to me it's a no-brainer amy puller no offense kate no, no offense, Kate. We know, you know, we we love everyone, but you know, unfortunately, on Haynes Island, it's you know, McKinnon does not have a <laughs> does not have a ticket. Bill, uh, let's uh, let's hear your pick. That's not even close for me, and I I love Amy as well, but uh, I got to go with Kate. Uh, Kate to me is the glue of this cast, and you think about uh, you know cast members who could fall into any time era of SNL and she is one of those people and as is Bill Hader and Phil Hartman who if you put her in 1977 she would shine alongside a Gilda and you know but yeah I, I'd, I'd pick Kate by far I, I she's probably only second to me female cast member wise to uh Jan Hooks so yeah well that's uh that's uh that's you know I, I understand your your argument there but uh um, I think I have to side with the Andrews on this one and uh, go with Amy Poehler. The thing that gives – oh, did you say – what? Did you say Kate? I didn't answer that. I didn't answer that. Oh, oh, okay. Haskell, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm reading your mind. What are you going to say? Um, Amy Poehler, Massachusetts girl. Uh, I'm from Massachusetts myself. I love her. I can objectively say that Amy Poehler is – not just one of the great female talents that ever been on SNL, um, one of the great talents to ever be on SNL. When you mentioned Amy Poehler, my mind goes to a few sketches of hers that have never done it for. She had that one-legged reality show contestant who farts when she hops. Um, never did it for me. Bronx Beat never really did it for me. Um, oh, I I'm, love Bronx 
blanking on the one, but the one that she did with um, with uh, Horatio Sands, where he played her stepdad, um, they didn't they didn't hit with me as much as they should. And if I'm if I'm that's what I'm watching on a desert island, then I have to flip. I got to go Kate McKinnon. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I, I I teased it a little bit there, uh, but I'm I'm signing with Andrew Haynes, not not both <laughs> Andrews on this one. The thing that the thing that tips it for me is both of the pairings of, of Weekend Update, um, Amy and Tina and Amy and Seth are some of my favorite iterations yep. of Update. Um, and it's crazy to think that her kind of era with both of those is, is very short, and, but it was very memorable. I think she was only on with Tina for two years and then with Seth for two years. But um, those are just incredibly memorable um, for me. And not, and not only mentioning uh, her you know, awesome sketch work, the stuff she's done with UCB. Um, and again, love Kate McKinnon. And she is definitely the glue, the Phil Hartman, if you will, of this cast. Um, but uh, I'm going with Amy Poehler on this one. I think we have time for one more. Um, Let me just defend uh, that Bronx, okay. Bronx Beat is one of the great <laughs> recurring sketches of all time. I, I would watch Bronx Beat any week. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I, when I, when I was first on the show, I mentioned that the the first episode of SNL that I think I watched live as a kid in middle school for whatever reason was the Zach Braff hosted episode with Maroon Five back in season thirty two, and there's a Bronx beat in that uh, episode, so therefore, uh, Bronx Bronx beat mu must have gotten me into the show. Therefore, your argument is, is right, correct, right, right. and you 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 you, you get the points there, but. Okay, I, I think we have time for one more, and then unfortunately we're going to have to wrap up, but you know, it's been an awesome uh, episode thus far in my opinion, but this is the, the quintessential question that I feel like um, you know, these two have been compared uh, you know, to each other for, more, you know, for, for so many reasons and you know, over the years. Um, some say that th this, this, this guy is... is uh, was the next iteration of this original cast member, Belushi, John Belushi versus Chris Farley. Um, Bill, Bill, since since you uh, sighed, uh, that means you get to go first on on on, on this one. <sighs> oh boy, that's tough. Uh... <laughs> Is there a third choice? No. Uh... <laughs> no. John Candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is about as tight as it gets to me. Um, I'd have to go with Belushi. Um, mm. We hadn't seen anything like him in comedy before. Uh, you know, we hadn't seen anything like SNL before SNL came along, but he was such a force. And the fact that he didn't look like a leading man, he didn't do the straight joke. Um, and he could just get away with, you know, the twinkle in his eye looking at the camera and, and that was enough, or he could go crazy like he did on update or, uh, do a commercial parody, like chocolate frosted donuts. Like he, he did it all. And it might be kind of, uh, tinged because he died so early. It would be interesting to see if he took like a Chevy chase or Aykroyd path and, you know, went into movies more than he had already done. But um, yeah, I'd have to go with Belushi. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chris. Well, uh, Haskell, let's bring you in here. 
the quintessential question that every SNL fan has asked themselves. Belushi, not Jim, John Belushi <laughs> versus Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you're uh, talking about Jim Belushi, right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Um, it's funny for all three of these options. I feel like I'm don't, I'm the person who I objectively think might be the lesser of the talent and for a question that's so neck and neck for this one, for me, I need to go back to what I view SNL as, which is, um, back of the classroom funny, who, who, which of these guys is back of the classroom funny. And when I picture that SNL high school classroom, the guy who's in the back of the room making everybody laugh is Chris Farley. Um, so I'm going to go Chris Farley. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with your logic on that one. Um, but uh, a- Andrew Haynes, um, let's, uh, let's hear what you got. So this is a hell of a matchup. Um, and, you know, l- long before I was allowed – by my parents to watch SNL or, or really had a chance to get into it with my friends, you know, a movie that my dad and I always bonded over, even though neither of us were in Greek life. And perhaps that's why, because we could mock it. Uh, but, but, you know, Animal House was just, I, I mean, that was my first experience with Belushi and just such a madman. He's clearly such a genius. Um, I have said and it's and you know, it's funny that this this is what it comes down to because I came really really close to making my uh, top five list, top five physical comedians mm. um, on SNL, and and it was going to be it was going to come down to Belushi and Farley, um, and and I'm a big physical comedy guy. Maybe that's why I like uh, the Biden. Um, carry impression more than some other folks do. I love the finger guns and all that stupid stuff. I love it. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the bouncing around, even though it's not Biden-esque, I just love Jim Carrey's physical comedy. Um, so this is a heck of a question. I have found myself saying um, that Chris Farley is probably my favorite cast member of all time. Um, he put so much into his characters and he had such a range and, you know, you talk about that, that twinkle in Belushi's eye. I, I think it just twinkled a little bit more in Farley's. He was just so, there was something so likable about this psycho nutbag. And, um, and, you know, if, if you asked Sammy, if you asked, um, if I had to pick one and we had to pretend like the other didn't exist, you know, um, like, like they disappeared from the show, then I think I would, I think I would pick Belushi because I don't know that Farley would exist without Belushi. Right. Right. Um, but that's not what you're asking me. You're asking, you're, you're, I think you just lost Alec. <laughs> um, oh, no, oh, oh God. Oh no. Well, it's a, it's a good thing the show's, the show's all for, for you, uh, audio listeners. I, I, I had a, a hanging, uh, uh, DVD of the best of Alec Baldwin, but uh, finish your point. I feel like you're really going somewhere with that. For those, for those who couldn't see, it was a perfect metaphor to the ending of the show. <laughs> completely, completely falling apart. That's just off the rails. You know, but what you know, but what you said is that we won't get to watch any of their stuff ever again, and we're stuck with one or the other. And I, you know, this is so hard for me. But to me, like I said, I think Farley's 
maybe the greatest cast member in history. And, and it's not just because of the legend of like dying young. I mean, the guy just puts so much into his sketches. It's the reason I love Cecily Strong now so much. She just seems to ooze so much into every one of her characters. And, and, and um, there's not, there's there's not a person I could love more than Chris Farley. So yeah, I got to I got to pick Chris Farley. Well, Farley, uh, for the Far, Farley for the win. Uh, excellent points there, and I, and I gotta uh, I gotta go with Chris Farley as well. Um, of all of my collection of best of DVDs as a kid, I feel like Chris Farley's is one that I popped in maybe the most. It's like him and Sandler for me. Um, were the ones that I always popped in. I mean, uh, just the way he used his 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 physical body, um, every every inch of, of a scene, he he takes control and and just would like you said with Cecily Strong, just does anything for the joke, anything for the comedy, even if it meant destroying his own body, falling on the table in the Matt Foley sketch. Um, just those moments are the ones that I always remember. I mean, John Belushi, you know, he, he's an OG. He's a not ready for primetime player. And we probably wouldn't have Chris Farley, like you said, if it wasn't for John Belushi. But um, if I have to um, pick one to bring on the desert island, it's got to be Chris Farley. That's just, uh, that's just what uh, I, I would do in that situation. But, guys, we, uh, we did it. We uh, we did the first ever SNL super fan takeover on the yeah. SNL stats podcast. We I uh, underestimated how um, deep of a dive we were going to go into the the topics tonight because man, uh, do we have a bunch of stuff in our back pocket for whenever John gives us the keys to the castle again, and uh, and hopefully yes. he does. If if big if, but uh, guys, thank you so much. For uh, for being my first ever guest on the show, I, I you know as someone who um, is new to podcasting and and new to this channel uh, to the SNL Stats podcast, I feel like when Eddie Murphy got uh, asked to host the show when he was still a cast member, in a sense, like no, you're uh, Eddie Murphy all the time. I'm not, no, no, I'm just, it's, it's an analogy. We don't have to say we don't have to say I'm Eddie Murphy, greatest of all time, or whatever. But uh, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much. Um, let, let's start with, uh, Bill, uh, do you guys, do you, do you have anything to plug? Just follow me on Twitter at BKLove73. Awesome. Um, and, and Andrew Haynes, again, thank you very much for, for joining us tonight. Um, please, uh, you know, if you have anything to plug, uh, do it. Well, thank you. You did a great job hosting. So thanks for, thanks for taking the reins tonight. Um, you can follow me at, at SNL has a cast. Um, I'm always making the arguments uh, for the most part that uh, we should emphasize cast members more power to the people um, and, uh, uh, you know, follow this show and, and follow these guys, uh, Bill and Haskell and Sammy. Um, uh, good content we created today, guys. Glad to be here. Definitely. I would say uh, top tier content. And, <laughs> uh, and Haskell, where can uh, the listeners find you? You can find me at, at Andrew E. Haskell. You can see some of my stand-up comedy, some of the sketches that I put together, a lot of like um, SNL-inspired stuff. I just want to say real quick, um, uh, Thanksgiving week, I know it's been a tough year for a lot of people, so I wish the absolute best to you guys for your Thanksgiving. I hope um, if you don't get to be with your loved ones, you get to see your loved ones. And for anybody out here there who's struggling, 
um, this holiday season, if you're looking for a laugh, Wednesday night, NBC, the uh, SM Thanksgiving clip show, it's, it's always a, it's a tradition in my house. So I hope you guys uh, sit down and watch that and laugh. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. a cheers. That's a cheers to that. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, definitely uh, join us on uh, the, the subreddit, the Li- Live from New York subreddit uh, that uh, Haskell moderates. It's an awesome community um, for, for people who love the show like us. Um, and then, you know, just to uh, plug myself, uh, uh, that sounds weird. Uh, that, that Sammy, <laughs> I, I've been your host, that Sammy K uh, on Twitter. I make dumb jokes and, and talk about the show when it's on uh, SNL. Um, we don't know exactly when the show is coming back. Uh, we have some unconfirmed sources telling us that there will be um, three shows, hopefully uh, in December. Um, so fingers crossed that that happens. So next week, uh, John will probably be back, um, unless I don't give him the show back. But no, John, John will be back. <laughs> um, he's not sure exactly what they'll be doing, but I'm sure it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation and discussion of uh, everyone of all of our favorite show uh, Saturday Night Live. So um, please, uh, if you have any feedback that you can give to myself or John about what you liked, what you didn't like about the show, if you want to see more of these super fan episodes, I certainly do. I'm sure everyone on the panel does. Please uh, let us know, um, you know, what you'd like to see for next time. Um, please post in the comments on YouTube and uh, on on any podcast service. You know your personal top five, um, your SNL Desert Island choices, uh, you know, anything of the sort. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, yeah, please follow at SNL Stats on, on YouTube and uh, on Twitter. Um, and thanks for joining us for another edition of the SNL Stats pod. Uh, I hope everyone has a nice week. Thanks, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>